G'day ladies and gentlemen, welcome to podcast number 14. Uh, the Rockstar Sales Coach has been actually doing some quite cool things the last couple of weeks and I'm actually showcasing something that I've never done before but it really went so well I wanted to put it on my podcast because it's definitely worth the listen. Now, due to the thousands of people that I coach and due to all the flights that I'm taking all over Africa, I'm often I get a lot of young entrepreneurs that approach me and says, you know, Faf, can I spend some time with you? Can I interview you? Can I chat to you? And often I'm, I'm quite busy, but I try to help everybody. And the reason I do that is for one reason only. When I was young and I started off my own business, none of the big boys wanted to help me. Nobody wanted to give me advice. And so it took one or two people to give me great advice that transformed the way I do business forever. And so lo and behold, a couple of months ago, I get this little WhatsApp on my on my inbox and I and the guy's name is Munya Donga. And Munya is actually a young black entrepreneur doing really well in South Africa. And he's building his business and he says, you know, Sir Faf, can I, and I said, dude, my dad is Sir, but Sir Faf, can I maybe have a small interview with you and it's regarding sales? And I said, cool, what do you want to talk about? He says, well, sir, I want to talk about, you know, how to start a business, how to grow a business that's already started, how to grow your sales teams. Is it important to have a sales team? How does radically economic transformation work in the country? And you know what? I said to him, you know, I like the way you're doing it. Let's have a chat. So we, in the last week, we set up a time and date. We actually sat down over Zoom and we had a great interview session for about 40 minutes. We discussed some of the most intricate parts and problems that most businesses are facing. And the golden nuggets that came out of that meeting, I was even more blown away than he was. And I was actually the one giving the golden nuggets. So I decided to put that on the podcast today for you guys to listen to and take some of that experience and that knowledge out of this whole session. Remember, if you like this podcast, feel free to share it with your family and friends. It's always nice to have this kind of communication around salespeople and to keep them focused, even though they're on the road or they're at the gym or they're just looking for that motivation before they're going into a client. Let's jump into the interview with Munya. Uh, welcome, everybody, and thank you so much for joining us today. Uh, this is uh, uh, Mr. Mdongo, um, your entrepreneurship trainer, business coach, and the Mr. Automator. Uh, so today I am here with uh, the one and only, uh, the rockstar sales coach, Mr. Fafa. <laughs> sure. How are you, sir? <laughs> I'm always great, dude. My dad was the sir, just call me Faf, it's easier. Um, we're both salespeople. We're both entrepreneurs. So I think it's always easier when people are on first name basis um, because at the end of the day is people do business with people. You have been working with all those brands as well. So uh, I'm so curious to know, how did you get there? So, uh, but before we get there, I want to know who is this guy that I am uh, uh, on the interview with? Who is this rock star? <laughs> okay, so let's start, let's start there. Um, it's a very good question you're asking. And I, I want to say thanks for the privilege, actually, just to get into it. It's always nice to chat to young entrepreneurs like yourself that are building their own brand. And the big problem is a lot of times the big boys don't want to help the small guys. You know, they oh, don't yes. want to have interviews. I remember when I started my career, I don't come from money. Right. So my dad didn't have a farm or a million dollars to give me to start my career. So I start from a very poor background. Francia Leroux grew up in a very fancy town called Paro. So if you know it, then I'm sorry for you. Uh, it's a tough town to grow up in when you're young. Um, it's a very, it's, a, it's, it's probably just below middle class when I was there. But, um, you know, my dad didn't have it, didn't have a lot of money. So my dad was a truck driver. My mom was a housewife. And I was the youngest of four kids. So by the time that the T-shirt got to me, then it was no more logo on that T-shirt. You know, it's a, it's hand-me-downs, hand-me-downs, and I'm the youngest kid, so I got that last. But my parents worked hard and they tried to get through it. But the one thing my dad installed into me is, is if you can buy something and sell something, you can eat tonight. And I think that's the easiest thing. Um, in South Africa, we are a very big entrepreneurial country. And so with this mindset going out there, if you can buy something today and sell it for a profit, you could put food on the table. That was always my mindset. And my dad was very good at that. My dad was a good hustler. And so when I was 16, my dad rocked up home and said, listen here, um, things are not going well at work. They're downsizing and he's going to lose his job. So now when you're 16 years old and you come from Paro and you've got no options, then you got to start looking around at where you can actually get into. And so what I did is I got into game. 
right? So that was the game in one city down in Cape Town was the very first place. I actually went to go knock on the door and say, how's it? I'm looking for a job. And they said, well, they haven't got jobs. And I just went back and back and back and um, kept persisting to do that. And then I realized that um, one day they said, listen, we've got a job open on the till. And I was like, yes, man, that job sucks. Nobody wants to work on the till. Okay, especially not a salesperson. But then I took the job because I had to get my foot in somewhere. And so what happened was from there is I started working myself up into game up to a level where I sold TVs. Now at the age of 19, which is about almost three years later, I was selling TVs. Now if you sell TVs at game, you're a big dog, right? You get the, you get the nice position in the company, you know, you're the biggest commissions and stuff. So I kind of liked it. I really got, I met some good people, great friends. And then what actually happened was this one Saturday morning, this dude walked into game and he bought one of the most expensive TVs that was on the shelf and he put the cash on the table. Now, when you are a boyki from Paro and you see so much cash for such a young guy, you're thinking drugs. I mean, it's the only way, right? <laughs> so I walked up to that dude and I said to him, hey, listen here, um, tell me quickly, what do you do? He's like, no, he's in sales. I'm like, are you selling drugs? Because that's, that's the only thing I can think of growing up in a poor community and yeah. that much cash in his hand, right? I don't know if you can also maybe think about that. Like if you see a guy with a nice car that's 22 years old and 23 years old and he's got that amount of cash, you're thinking it can't be legit. And so he says, no, he's in vacuum cleaner sales. I'm like, is it vacuum cleaners with cocaine in it? I mean, how do you make so much money? He's like, no, dude, you just, there's a difference. You, you currently working as an order taker and I'm working as a salesperson. I'm like, no, but I'm a salesperson. He's like, no, you're not. See, an order taker, he works at a company and he's waiting for customers to walk in the door and change his life. It's like, you know, if you work at a car dealership, most car dealership guys, they sit behind the desk, they hope a guy walks onto the floor and they sell them a car, okay? But that's just, you've got no control of your income at all because you're waiting for the next dude to walk into the door. And so what he said is he goes out every day, knocks on doors and sells vacuum cleaners. And so he joined his company. And then I did really, 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 really well. And I got headhunted into the wine industry after six years of making really good money. And then I started my first company about eight years ago. And that's a wine company. And so out of that wine company, I was doing so well, so fast, that some of my wine clients said, this fuff, how do you sell so fast? I'm like, dude, I've been well coached for almost 10 years when I was in the sales industry. I just applied that same knowledge and skills that I've developed to the wine industry and it's just boomed. And then wow. the first client said, yes, Faf, can't you show my guys what you know? I'm like, dude, I am not a sales coach. I've got a wine company, okay? So I sell wine, I buy wine. They're like, just show us and then we'll, we'll buy some wine from you or sell you some wine. I'm like, okay, cool deal. And then one of that first clients was actually Van Loefer and Winery, which is the Four Cousins brand, if you know that. So mm -hmm. Bustle and the team. And so what actually happened out of that is um, they did it extremely well. And then the next farm phoned me and the next farm phoned me and the next farm phoned me. And so many farms have then phoned me about 60, 70 farms that I got a call the one morning from Ryan O'Connor from KVM, which was the weirdest call ever. And then he, I answered the call and he says, hey, Faf, I heard you're a sales coach. I'm like, dude, no, I'm, I just teach people some sales tips. He's like, well, you're live on E." Don't you want a little talk about how you teach people? And so I had like two or three minutes live on KFM in the morning. And mm. when I put that phone down, I got called by NetBank and MTN and Volvo and Audi and Suzuki and Mercedes. And the rest is history. Now, Francho Leroux is a normal dude from Paro. We're still mm -hmm. the same standard eight behind my name. Nothing higher than that. But I just know how to graft and put food on the table. But I don't yeah. just do it for my family. I actually teach other families 54,000 other families and about 790 brands in the country mm -hmm. uh, and Namibia. I teach them how to put food on the tables every day by applying sales skills. So that's Faf. It's a chill wow. dude. I'm a dad. I'm a husband. Uh, I'm a multiple entrepreneur with multiple companies and staff. So I just try to help everybody put some food on the table in a very tough country. Wow. What, this is so amazing. You know, somebody from Pyro uh, to be this big guy. Wow. Uh, this is so amazing. You know, your story is so amazing. I couldn't uh, uh, stop listening to it. <laughs> it's just amazing. It's just amazing. You know, 
Well, I meet a lot of, a, a big part of my clientele at the moment in South Africa is, is the black market, uh, black mm. salespeople. Um, at this stage, the problem is everybody's sitting there, you know, you, your mom and dad, you're not rich. They mm. didn't get an education at Stellenbosch University. Mm. And now they sit there and they start playing a victim. Oh, yeah, bro, it's not working for me, you know. Um, yeah. Everybody else is getting that money. And I could have done the same. I could have yeah. said my dad and mom is not wealthy. I'm the youngest of four kids. There's no education for me. And then play a victim. And then that was going to be my rest of my life. But I wow. had to change my mindset first before I could change my wallet. That's true. That's true. Because the blame game, it doesn't work. Blame yep. game, it, it doesn't work. Wow. This is so amazing. You know, um, tell me something. Ian. Um so why are you calling yourself a sales coach yet you are working with businesses? Why can't you call yourself a business coach? So what's the difference between a sales coach and a business coach? So it's probably the most important question um, mm. because I'll be honest with you, it's probably one of the mis most misunderstood things in the yeah. country. Mm. So how it usually works in the country with all the sales coaches that I've met, they all have failed businesses and they employ no staff. And because they couldn't make their own business work, they started teaching other people how to do sales. So, but now people kind of, they're not sales coaches. They're more business coaches. So let me explain the difference. A business coach is a lot like an architect. The client tells them what they need out of that, that building or that business. And then they design the structures, the infrastructures, and the overall look of how that is going to happen. And they assist the client to help design that whole business. That's what a business coach do. And there's a huge need for them in South Africa, especially with the young entrepreneurs actually popping out and actually going out and wanting to start a business. So that is a very big need for it. But then the problem is here. You've now got to take that business and go to another person and ask him to buy a product or a service from you. So if I am starting a car wash, I can sit behind the desk and hope and pray that somebody's going to come bring their car to me. But unless I go out every day, knock on some doors and say, hey, I've got a car wash. I want to wash your car. Come here on Mondays. I'm going to book your ticket. Unless you're going out there and negotiating clients. If you're not doing that, then you don't have a sales coach. A, a business coach teaches you what to do. Okay. So a lot of times I will go to my business coach and I'll say, listen, dude, I want to take it to the next level in KwaZulu-Natal because I'm from Cape Town. And then my business coach will give me great advice on how to actually penetrate the market, build my brand up in KwaZulu-Natal. But then I have to have the skill set to actually go and do it. Like a business coach looks from the outside, but it's like a coach in the stand, but I'm the rugby player on the field. I've got to have the skill set. And so what a lot of people do is they don't actually fully understand what he sells. See, to be a salesperson takes no skills. Because I work for game, right? So I sold TVs. So what a salesperson takes is it takes great attitude. It takes amazing product knowledge. And it's going to take you basically, you know, a little bit of ambition. And then I go out and I ask as many as possible people to buy something for me. So if I am selling, let's say, tires. And I go to you and I say, Munya, listen, you want to buy a tire for me? And now you say, no, thanks. And then I go to, you know, another guy, Bongiwe, do you want to buy a tire for me? No, thanks. And then I go to Peter. Peter, do you want to buy a tire for me? And he says, no, thanks. And then number four, that's Yanni. And Yanni says, yes, I need a tire. Then some salespeople think that they've actually made a sale. So that is what salespeople do. What rockstar closers do is when they go to you and say, do you want to buy a tire? First of all, they do it a lot better than that. Okay, but when they do it and then the customer says no, then I teach people negotiation, psychological tactics, how to make the no a yes. So the first thing is there's a huge difference between a salesperson or sales coach and a business coach. A business coach will help you to develop the overall vision and parameters of your business. A sales coach will teach you the skill to negotiate your product or service with your clients to earn money and then build that business bigger. Then the difference is between a salesperson and actually an, an order taker or a salesperson and a closer is a salesperson doesn't need skill. 
They just need product knowledge. They just need a great attitude and ambition. That's what you need. If I take you right now, Munya, and I say, cool, Munya, we're going to sell containers. All I need to do then, that's what most companies do is they teach you everything about containers. Then they take your ambition. They tell you about the market. They tell you about what kind of clients to contact. And then they mm. say, go out there and, you know, I hope you succeed. Where sales coaching is when I say, okay, Munya, these are the 20 reasons why they're going to tell you they don't want to buy. Let us practice your skill level. And this is what you say to them. And then they're going to say this. And this is what you ask them. And they're going to say this. And we build that skill level flawlessly that if you see 10 people, 10 people buy from you. And I think that is the reason why, I mean, 54,000 salespeople are coached for me. I'm the only coach in the country currently that guarantees my sales. If I can't grow your sales by 65%, you have a 100% money back guarantee. And in eight years, I've never having to give money back. So that's, I think, is a good question to ask yourself. Are you actually looking at a business coach because you don't know what to do and you need some advice from outside? Or do you know what your dream is? Mm-hmm. You just don't have the skill to sell it. Mm-hmm. Wow. So, so um, a, a business coach is there to give you strategies on how to build your own business and sort of stuff. And now a sales coach is now there to take you in the field on how to apply the, those things that you have been learning. And how, how, actually, uh, um, can we now make people to, 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 to buy your own products? Wow. That, that's so amazing. It's not necessarily just to build strategies. Remember, a lot of companies yeah. are already super successful, but they're looking yes, at yeah. expanding markets. And oh, so what yes, they do yeah, is yeah. they're so used to local and they've been working in that system. And all of a sudden, when you want to grow out, people with connections, because business coaches have got connections to connect you also with other clients. One thing that makes me strong yeah. is I've got 790 brands that actually filter into my, my portfolio. So when yeah. I'm talking about something like Builders Warehouse is one of my clients. I've mm-hmm. got the whole of the Western province and almost I'm, I'm busy now working on the whole of Gauteng. So I know every single um, cam that works for them. Now, yeah. if one of my clients are needing to build his building, I just connect him with one of my clients and say, hey, wait, I'm a sales coach, but I've got that. So I do also function as a business coach, but I don't market myself either as a business coach because sales is where the passion is. Wow. Wow. That, that, that's so amazing. So, um, but um, what do you think um, is actually the biggest stumbling block um, that is blocking this um, uh, growing business in actually making more sales? What, what are some of those stumbling blocks or, or some of those challenges? Okay. That's, a, that's actually a brilliant question also. So you're asking good questions, dude. Well done. Okay. <laughs> I have to give it to you. Okay. I'm so, an entrepreneur. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So here's the biggest stumbling block. First of all, if you can name me one university or one college on the planet that can teach you sales, I'll be impressed. Just one. <laughs> sales is the biggest employer, right? Mm. On the planet. <clears throat> Like a doctor, is he a salesperson? Eh? Is a doctor a salesperson? Uh, not really, no. Yes, he is. He's selling okay. your health, he's selling your medicine, and he's selling your oh, yeah. service. <laughs> oh, yeah. yeah. See, nobody thinks yeah. like that. He's but a, he's and, a and, mechanic, a salesperson. Yeah. yeah. Yes, because he's selling a service to you. So if every single profession in the world is based on sales, why is there no college or university to teach it? Oh, yeah. So the biggest stumbling block is lack of skill and lack mm-hmm. of knowledge in negotiations for businesses. See, businesses, how a business starts is very simple. It's like your business, okay? So your business is maybe a multi, multi-billion rand business. But now you start with idea, okay, I'm going to sell watermelons, okay? So now you've got a couple of clients that you know that's going to buy some watermelons from you. So now you sell it to them. And then all of a sudden you realize, okay, cool, but they're not buying as much because they, you're selling everything to them, but you want to grow your business. So now you've got to get some new clients. So now there's two, one or two ways. Option one, spend a lot of money on marketing and hopefully somebody phones you to say, I want to buy more watermelons. Option two is you start studying the market and you're going out to people that are already getting supplied with watermelons. And now you've got to go take that business because that's how it works, right? There's already getting more to millions from another guy. I need to take the business. 
So most <laughs> companies, the first problem is if five companies start off today, four of them go bankrupt in the first year. Do you know why? Due Never to the fact so. that they go for option A. They start yeah. a business and they get some money. And now they're spending all their capital on social media and marketing. But mm -hmm. nobody's phoning them back because they're too scared to go take the business from another person. So the biggest stumbling wow. block for businesses is the salespeople, the business owners, and entrepreneurs mm. are too scared to see 50 people a day and get rejected. Wow. So that's why I try to teach how to come over the, how to overcome that objection to actually take that business to the next level. Mm -hmm. oh, wow. So education, education of how to, that is uh, the, the actually the biggest uh, stumbling block. That is, that is very true because you might find out that uh, somebody might have the brilliant product in the market, but they can't yeah. just deliver it. Yeah, they, they, they can't they, sell they, it. They, they, yeah, they, they don't know how to, how to actually sell it. Yeah. Mm, wow. That, that's amazing. And um, so. And that's a, I think that's a very big African thing. And that <laughs> is, I think that is the biggest problem at the moment with um the black economy in the country not the white economy it, yeah. you see the white economy actually came from they learned how to sell in europe with trading routes and boats that's how they got you right so they already had a very firm understanding of of selling when they got to africa because they were trading to india they were trading to to spain portugal france they were trading mm -hmm. to china and the boats were going overway that's how people got to south africa but mm -hmm. the local indigenous tribes, like the Khoisan, the guys, later um, the Kosa, the Zulus, and all the other guys that moved down to South Africa, they never had a firm understanding of selling. They had more firm understanding of trading. Yeah. Okay. So there is a difference. And people don't always understand the difference between trading and selling. With trading, you don't become wealthy. Because mm -hmm. I'm going to swap you a cow, and you're going to swap me, let's say, um, four sheep. So we mm. split the whole time, but nobody's becoming wealthy. Okay. But with sales is I can actually produce something, sell it and actually accumulate wealth. Wow. And so wow. I think a lot with the black market in South Africa has got a misrepresentation of sales. And do you know where I can see this? If you go to most flea markets, you've got the <laughs> most beautiful African um, um, paintings, the most beautiful yeah. African sculptures, but why are they selling it on the street? Oh, yes. Yeah. Because they've never been taught to actually go out and sell it to the international market. They just don't know how to. They want to, but the know-how is gone. Wow. Wow. Oh, the, this has been a revelation, <laughs> you know, uh, because I'm, yeah, I just try to be honest. I think that's why my clients like me is because I'm trying to be honest and just say it like it is. South African people are too scared to say there's a problem in a difference between cultures. There's huge differences between cultures. And as soon as we accept this and learn from each other, we can grow our economy. That's very true. That, that, that's very, because if I can tell you that sales really is the backbone of the company, of our economy, of yeah. everything. So if we really don't know how to do that, how to sell, then there's no company, then there's no business. You rather close all of your doors and just go and sleep. Because for the man to actually come into the company, you have to know how to sell, not just how to trade. <laughs> I actually, yeah. I've, got a, I've got a very good um, client of mine that's, uh, his mm. name is Bongiwe. He sells in Edenvale up in mm. Joburg, right? So he is in, in real estate. And then I coach Bungiwe and it's a really nice chap, Zulu chap. And then he looks professional, acts professional. And he says to me, dude, I'm struggling. I'm like, Bongiwe, but you're doing everything right. It's like, but they're not buying from me. Nobody's buying from me. I say, who's not buying from you? He says, front of the white people aren't buying from me. I'm like, dude, so maybe you must stop trying to be white. Why not be black? And then I said, what you do is, Start getting black people to buy from you. If you if you find a property, post it in Zulu. If you do a video, do it in Zulu. If you go out to your market, market in Zulu. And you know what started happening? Zulu people started buying from him. So a lot of times he had the skill set. He was just aiming at the wrong crowd. Wow. And so it's small things. And I just try to be the honest coach to say to dude, dude, don't stress. Be who you are and you'll attract people that like you. That's very true because um, I cannot start to 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 really um, uh, attack 
on the international market yet i'm not even known on uh, uh, in my own market you know uh, that's very true and also um you know you just touched um, 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 a bit of the next point uh but um let me just ask you so that uh, you, you can as well um explain further if there, there is anything else that, that you might need to also explain um what do you think um uh, actually key steps that every company or your or your growing business need to, to take for them to actually grow um, uh, their own businesses um why do you think um are key steps yeah so key steps is first of all right before you start a company you got to tell me how you're going to look when you've got a billion in your pocket that's before you start if you can't explain to me how your building is going to look how your logo is going to look the color scheme how much staff you're going to have how many cars you have if you can't explain to me your business at a billion rand don't start it for one rand that's my tip wow too many people start a business because they just want to feed their family but they yeah. their problem is if you start feeding your family you'll always have competitors trying to take your business you're going to run out of money some months if you're just trying to survive you will survive you've got to always think thrive and that's the big thing if you if you give top entrepreneurs anything i'm talking a balloon and say let's 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 start selling balloons the first thing that an entrepreneur will tell you is cool where is the factory going to be that we're going to build okay. and if you're not thinking like that from the start you can't plan for success wow what you're doing wow. is you're just planning to fi- not to fail there's a huge difference so wow. most businesses are planning not to fail but the businesses making money are planning for success they preparing for it wow so don't focus on uh on the negative side or, mm. or or on the now only you actually need to see the end product you need to see the, uh, uh, your real you after you you made that billion run that that that, that yeah. billion dollar wow let's put That's let's put it in perspective feel like this if i yeah. tell you to keep your hands over your eyes right almost like you're looking through a binocular and look mm-hmm. down the ground and i start telling you run at full speed Okay, run at full speed. How do you know where you're going to run? <laughs> you you can't even know. <laughs> okay, but if you know the destination and you're looking at it at a kilometer away and the car yeah. jumps out in front of you, you can sidestep it because you know where you're going. And so yeah. what most businesses do is they so looking out for the cars and they so looking out for the traffic and maybe they're going to fall over a step or a rock that they actually never focus on the end destination so they start running right and they're running in all directions and 20 years later they realize but we're still the same place as we were because we were running in circles all the time we never got our, our mind on the end price so when i started and i sat on my couch next to my wife i said to her, you know what i'm going to become the best sales coach in the country that was 8 years ago and my wife said dude but you've only got stand eight who's going to hire you i'm like i'm a rock star what are you talking about i'm going to hire me and i'm going to sell me to everybody and now when you go to google and you type in who's the best sales coach in south africa who pops up first it's me yeah so oh. i first had to believe the dream before i can make other people believe the dream that's true that's I remember my second training session i did um was with deadlift so wine farm out in in, in um in rosenville and the owner came to me and says well how good are you i'm like i'm the best sales coach in the country it's like how many people have you coached i'm like only your farm and the previous farm <laughs> and he says how do you know the best i'm like just hold on to me i'll be the best in a couple of years from now and now i am now i'm i'm literally taking the market by storm because i'm not all hype i'm actually teaching my clients to put put food on their tables put their kids through school kids to university put the car in the garage you know have the gas on have the food fridge full of food that's what i'm trying to do i'm trying to educate the normal guy on the street not the phd educated guy the normal dude on the street how to make some money wow <laughs> and that's so amazing because we really need to uh, to to you create this employment and if we we you don't do that the the government is not going to do it for for uh, um, uh, for us wow so that, government, that's so amazing the government is not at the moment in south africa or in most countries the government is actually not trying to help the common guy on the street government yes. is trying to keep itself in powers yeah. if you're looking at america if you're looking at australia new zealand if you're looking at england Everywhere. south africa and zimbabwe government are there to keep themselves mm-hmm. in power that's why these political parties 
Wow. Yeah. And political parties in general are not made up by the most qualified people. They're made up by the most political people. Yeah. So, and, unless you're in Canada, because Canada's uh, Minister of Finance is actually a chartered accountant. The Minister yeah. of you know, safety and security, the dude was a veteran in the war. So they've got specialized fields. Now I'll ask you like this, how does our minister of sport become the minister of transport? <laughs> See, we jump around stuff. And then the problem is that's our leadership. They're supposed to be saying, listen, yeah, if we're going to build the transport, this is what we need to do. But our guys aren't saying this. So now we've got this weird system in the country where the normal dude on the street have to build the country because government's not. <laughs> and that's, that's why people feel lost <laughs> yeah that that's very true that's very very true but um tell me something here um there is a small business that is just starting um mm. do they really need to have sales team or as the founder the founder can actually do it all do we uh, really need sales team as a, 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 a growing business or what is it exactly that that we need to do Okay, so here's my question. What makes most money? Sales or admin? Sales. Yes, admin only keeps your money. Yeah. Okay, so I would employ five salespeople first before I employ a secretary. Wow. Because I can be the secretary. Yeah. I just, I just need my five guys to sell for me. Wow. So a sales team in South Africa is more important than anything. If your sales team is not functioning, then you need a sales coach to teach them a skill. Because remember, there's no college or no university on the planet teaching sales. They teach yeah. business, they teach marketing, they teach HR, they teach all the stuff, but they don't teach you how to negotiate sales. True. And so that's why I am in a very awesome position that the skill set that I've developed over the last 21 years of my life as a multiple business owner and employer and sales coach is I'm, I'm coaching people that vital skill to actually develop. I mean, I, I, if you go read my reviews on my Facebook, you probably read it. Every yeah. single person is like, dude, I thought I was, know what sales was until I met Francois. I've got guys that's 60 years old. They've been in sales for 40 years and they meet me and on day one, after 40 years in sales, they'll tell me, hey, I actually don't know anything about sales. You've actually taught me the first thing about sales because what they did is they saw how somebody else did it and then they basically did the same they did and hopefully yeah. it worked. And that's how people learn. So wow. do you need a sales team? I'm going to leave that up to you. You can either spend all your money on marketing, all your money, right? Or you can actually go out and knock on the door and say, hey, I want to sell you something. So when I started my business eight years ago, we were doing 2,000 calls a month out of my office just mm -hmm. to sign business. That's how we started. Wow. Now, now that my business is quite big and sustainable and it's quite easy to find me, I don't need to do one cold call a month to find business. People found me. Yeah. But I, I first had to build the engine and I had to build the foundation. I first had to plow the ground to put the seeds in. The hard work starts when you start. You got to do that cold calling, got to get your brand out there, got to get recognized and then it becomes easy. Wow. And also the, 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 uh, the issue of building a brand is very important because branding opens doors, but you still have to go and seal that deal. Wow. Um, do you actually know how cheap it is to start your business? Yeah, like, it's very cheap. What is, what is the number one asset in South Africa? Number one. Number one asset? Yeah, that we have, that we're not using at the moment. Uh, I don't know which one are you referring to. <laughs> See, this is a very good thing. It's people. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> We've got so many people, we don't know what to do with them, right? <laughs> so imagine you've got an idea and you don't have money to employ people. Yes. So let me help you with that. So let's say you've got an idea and you want to employ some people and you want to start an ice cream factory one day. And you go to five buddies and say, listen, dudes, I don't have money, but I'll make you a deal. I'll buy ice cream. And if you sell it for me, I'll give you a cut of the, of the profit. Mm. And you employ them on commission, 10 guys. Yeah. And all 10 of you guys are now selling, but you're only making 10% on all of them. If each one of them make a sale, it's an extra sale for you in money. Yeah. If yeah. they each do 10 sales, you do 10 extra money. 
And all of a sudden, yeah. you are creating jobs for 10 people. That is creating for them purpose. That is creating wow. pride and confidence in themselves. They look, they walk a little bit taller. They got their shoulders a little bit more back. You know, they dress mm. a little bit neater. They're a little bit more nice to their wives and husbands because all of a sudden, they have purpose. But in Africa, we don't actually ask other people to help us in our dream, which is wow. crazy. Wow. There's so many people sitting on the street corner. Why not give them a job and say, I don't have money, but I'll employ you and I'll teach you some of my skills. But what I'll do is if you sell something for me, I'll give you a profit. I'll help you. I'll support you. We work as a team. And all of a sudden, if everybody does that, you know, fast, we'll become one of the most. Remember, we such a, our country is so wealthy. We can steal 2 billion rand and nobody bets an eyelash. That's how wealthy we are. <laughs> yeah. If literally 2 billion rand got steal by VBS bank, 2 billion, <laughs> right? 2 billion. And nobody actually knew about it. That's how much money yeah. we have. So yeah. you're telling me we can't employ the whole of South Africa? It's easy. We're just <laughs> not doing it. Wow, wow. You know, you just made my day. <laughs> You just made my day. Oh, wow. You know, um, that's very true because uh, most of the time, you know, we, we try to go and look for other things that are there while we are leaving the resources that we have right in front of us. You know, um, that is very true. And then this one now, um, I think at the, the next question we're now going to, um, uh, yeah, I think you touched it uh, um, uh, a bit uh, when we were explaining. Like, um, what do you think is the biggest um, uh, uh, limitation on why radical economic uh, uh, transformation is so tough in South Africa? Um, I can, uh, right now, I can say in South Africa. It's but a hot topic, eh? It's actually globally. <laughs> Dude, this is such a hot topic at the moment. I'm actually <laughs> almost scared of Twitter for answering this question. But it is a it is a conversation that is not being it's not being discussed in the country. No. So how do you radically economically transform a country? How do you move money into the black masses from a white minority? Well the first of all you can't. It's impossible. Because the white minority already has money. What you need to do is you need to develop the black masses to bring in extra money. Okay, so how do you do that? Well, let me explain it very simple and let's do it in a farm system. Okay, so a lot of people are saying, you know, black land first and black farms. But why are black farms failing at the rate, uh, at, the, at the rate that it's failing? What do you think? Why are black farms failing in South Africa? I think uh, the other thing uh, or the main point that that is there, it might be um, lack of um, uh, connections and also poor management as well. You, it's not actually management. Black farmers can farm incredibly well. Great. They're really good at farming. Now, I think I'm a fair bit intellectual, right? So I think I'm good at sales and I'm intellectual. But I know nothing about watermelons. So if you give me a ton of watermelons, a bucky full of watermelons, I can probably sell that ton of watermelons to people that I know. But if you give me 60 tons of watermelons, I have got no clue where to sell it. I haven't mm. got that connections. Even though I'm the best sales coach in the country, connected to uh, hundreds of brands, I don't have the connections. So what happens is a black farmer gets a very nice piece of land. And then they plant either seed or they plant, you know, soya or they plant millies or they grow some, some cattle or they do some sheep. And that's what they do the first year. At the end of that year, They've got to pay a lot of stuff. That's property taxes. They've got to pay all this stuff. But now the problem is they need to sell that harvest. So let's say he's used to, to 10 tons. He's comfortable with 10 tons. Now his farm yields 100 tons. All of a sudden, he sells the 10 tons, but then he doesn't have the context to sell the rest. So the sales skill has never been developed to, to the growth of the farm. So now he's sitting with 90 tons of, of corn in his silo that he can't sell and it goes off. So now he starts like selling it in small quantities. So by year two, he doesn't have enough money to start running the farm. So he plants a little bit smaller. Yeah. So now he only plants for 50 million. By year, and now he's also, because he's working the farm the whole day, he's never got the context to sell more corn. And so now what happens is in year three, he did the same as year two. So now after four years, he's planting one hectare because it's all he can afford. 
Yeah. And then he goes bankrupt. So he didn't go bankrupt because he couldn't farm. He couldn't go bank he didn't go bankrupt because he didn't have the land. He went bankrupt because if I was a a guy wanting to transform economically a country and you comes to me, right? And you says to me, "Faf, I want to have land. I want to start farming." I'm like, "Let's do it. Let's make some money." Okay? How much can you sell? So first I'll ask you, "Cool, tell me quickly, Maya, what what do you want to farm?" Like what do you yeah. want to farm? Yeah. What do you want to farm? Potatoes. Yeah. What do you want to farm? Potatoes. <laughs> okay, so let's say potatoes. So I'm yeah. going to say to cool, how much potatoes can you sell for me today? If I give you potatoes, how much can you sell? Two times. <laughs> okay. So what I'm going to do from my side, from government side, right? Is I am going to buy you from my money two tons. And let's say that two tons is going to cost us 50,000 rand. Your job is to go out and make that 50, 100 and then we bring it back. Yeah. And when you bring me that 100 back, what I'm going to do is I'm going to take that 100 and buy you four tons. And your job is to make that four tons or 100,000, 200,000. Then we're going to take that money and we're going to go to a farmer and say, "Hey farmer, can I buy a piece of land and or rent it from you. So then what I'm going to do is I'm going to start producing some of mine because that's going to be way cheaper and then buying the rest. And then I sell that 200,000 into a half a million rand. In year 3. In year 4, I buy that piece of property from the farmer, but I ask him to help me because what I want to do is I don't fully understand the weather. or maybe the the earth or the soil and the farmer has got a lot of 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 knowledge regarding that so now what happens is you have 5 6 and 7 you grow that 20000 rand to 4 million rand sales but as you're growing your sales you're growing your production then you can never go bankrupt because you got the context to sell everything you produce Wow, uh, that you know. Um, so from this, I I also managed to see um, uh, that um, you need to also grow as your business grow. That is yeah. that just the, the main point. That is there. So so you need to grow as the business grow. Same as um, uh, uh, right now in this pan- pandemic period, so many people they were just stuck. Um, uh, they just say no. I I know. I, I think it's just gonna go within 14 days, and then 14 days become 21 days. and they become 60 days and then right and now they're like okay <laughs> yeah and then they said okay now we are here it's 60 days maybe it's 90 we're gonna right now we are on, on 100 and something days you know um it's still in this and those companies that also uh, failed to 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 adapt really right now they are busy closing their their doors simply yeah. because they, they, I they can literally i have mm-hmm. i've worked at people that are, the companies that i know not that coached by me But yeah. people that I know that's been let go, mm-hmm. there's been almost forty-two thousand people that have been let go from companies that I know of. Yeah, Some big names. I mean, everybody from Naspers to Toyota to a lot of guys are just basically they're laying off staff. And the reason mm-hmm. for that being is is because sales is tough, and when the economy is closed, you can't sell to another person. You can't feed anybody. Yeah, yeah. And so I think if we want to change South Africa, if we want to change Africa, screw South Africa, Africa. We've got to teach the fundamental principle of there's nothing free. It doesn't exist. Yeah. It's an illusion. You've yeah. literally got to get up, work for 16 hours a day, but you've got to have that end goal. If that end goal is to just put food on the table, you'll forever just be putting food on the table. You'll never drive the Mercedes. You'll never yeah. buy the big house. You'll never fly all over the world. It's because you're thinking too small. And the yeah. problem is, in general, in South Africa, we're thinking too small. So when I speak to my friends that lives in the states, dude, those guys think way different than us. Everything is bigger, faster, and stronger. They just think bigger. Yeah. And we need to start adapting this mindset to the local kid in the school. not to the adult sitting on the street corner because he's already lost the fight and given up wow that's he's, so i that, mean that dude on the street corner right he's waiting for somebody else to come save him yeah. now i am unemployed 
I am just one of the best paid unemployed people on the planet. I do employ a lot of people, but I do not have a boss. So I'm kind of like the dude in the street corner. Both of us wake up in the morning. I just think of way better ways to make money than him. Mm-hmm. He's standing there with a board. Hopefully somebody's going to give him a tip or something. My board is just way better. You saw it on Facebook. <laughs> it looks a little bit better. And that's yeah. the mindset. Both of us are unemployed. I just believe in the possibility and he's hoping for a solution. Wow. Oh, that's, you know, I'm so happy because um, uh, the, the points that you are bringing, right? Um, it's actually the, the facts that we, we really need to, 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 to look at right now in our economic, uh, with actually all of the problems and challenges that we are getting right now. Thank you so much for, for sharing that. Um, and also, I, I, I'm actually checking on our time. It's getting somewhere, you know. Um, <laughs> but yeah, but, but um, before we, we actually go, um, what's your final advice for both, um, uh, uh, for both uh, 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 of our listeners uh, who um, uh, either growing business or growing a business or, 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 or already or yeah. other people who are actually starting right because um our audience they, some of them they are starting this, some of them they, 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 they are actually growing yeah this so is going to be advice? this is going to be a very very tough one to swallow it's the first <laughs> thing that i got taught by my mentor so my mentor is vanna van Pfeiffer. he's now my business partner also but he taught me one advice never take advice from somebody with less money than you Oh, wow. Mm-hmm. Okay. That's my advice. I don't listen to people that has not got my vision. If I, yeah. if I, if I want to start a balloon factory and mm-hmm. I go to somebody and says, Hey, what do you know about balloon factories? They're like, dude, it's never going to work. Then I run away from that person as yeah. fast as I can because he's breaking down my dream. And I'll look for the guy that says to balloon factory, dude, how are we going to do it? I'm looking for that kind of guys. Mm-hmm. Wow. That's wow. the thing. Don't that advice. From people taking, we're going to break. Don't take advice from people telling you limitations. And mm-hmm. don't take advice from people with less money than you. That's wow. my two tips. That's great. Because, um, and also, you know, uh, if I am associating, like, like uh, you know, there's always uh, this point that, that I always say that um, uh, if you are the wisest person in the room, get out of the room, change that room, go somewhere and find somewhere where you can feel like I'm the smallest person in this room, you know, because you are going to learn more and more and more. Constantly got to be, remember my, my, my rock star is me in five years from now. I'm always chasing that guy. I'm chasing the better version of me always. That's why my slogan everywhere is life too short, not to be the best you. Yeah, I'm not trying to. That's why I'm a different kind of coach in the country. Why did I not leave South Africa like all the other coaches? Oh, I mean, first of all, they didn't make as much money as I did. That's the truth. But the reason why they're leaving is because they're not a success here and they're hoping for something better. I decided to stay. I'm trying to build this country from the ground up. That's what I'm doing here. See, what happens in this country, as soon as somebody's got money, they leave. They go to another country. We need good, strong entrepreneurs, black, white, pink, purple, to stay in this country and build it from the ground up. I don't care where you come from. If your dad is from Bishop Lavis of Bishop's Court, I don't care. What I care about is what is your heart for the country? How many people are you putting food on the table for? So I always tell people, and I get a lot of business guys coming to me and says, oh, yeah, dude, you've got an attitude. I'm like, yes, I've got an attitude because I'm feeding 54,000 families. Wow. Wow. So, you can tell me I'm wrong when I'm not feeding them. But while mm. I'm still putting food on their table, I'm happy with me. Mm. And you wow. first got to love you before you can get other people to love you. Wow. Wow. Uh, that That's so amazing. You know, um, uh, I wish we, we actually had two <laughs> hours, three hours of learning that I can, I, I can literally suck you all know, of the, the information. The cool thing about this is it's going to be on my Spotify. So those oh, guys yeah. who have Spotify on their phones, uh, you can just go to the Rockstar Sales Show on Spotify or just Great. type in Rockstar Sales Coach. You'll find me everywhere. Uh, I think my social media is fairly strong. So that's always a nice thing. But I do know a lot of my clients are listening to these kind of podcasts in the car. And then mm-hmm. yes, you know, yeah. when they're driving around between meetings, they listen to it and they take some inspiration out of it. And if I can get one dude, right? If I can get one client, I don't care where you come from. If I can get the guy who says, yes, man, I haven't got a future. Like I did when I was young. And I can get that guy to say, you know, if, if Faf can do it, then dude, anybody can do it. He's a guy from Peru 
and he's only got standard eight and now he employs people and he's got businesses and he travels around the world i mean mm. if i can do it then literally anybody can do it but mm. you first gotta understand what you want to do that's the main point if you can do it then everybody can do it but you have to understand what you are doing thank you so much for for, for saying that uh, this have been uh, an amazing um 40 something if not 50 something minutes um so i'm sure we're also gonna put um uh, all of your links where people can actually find you actually gonna put it down there in the in the description below um and thank you so much um uh, uh for for actually coming on this um um uh, interview sharing with us some of the knowledge and one thing that i love about it is how authentic you were in actually sharing uh, um, uh, this as well i hope our listeners there they are going to, to to learn a thing or two um and also feel free to contact him uh, so that you can you can keep on learning you can keep on learning um and also if 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 there are offers or whatsoever we are going to put them all in the description where you need to go and continue learning because sales is the i can't say is the backbone only but it's actually the backbone and the engine and everything for your business because if you are not selling you can brand well you can have mm. the best product but if you are not selling then you are as you are actually the same uh, as the person who is standing in the street uh, because yeah. you don't know how to sell yeah so thank you so much sir for for coming uh and sharing with that i know you've got a tight schedule <laughs> <laughs> munya listen the pleasure was all mine i always love it when entrepreneurs like you reach out to me i know when i started out my business nobody mm. wanted to help everybody was too big for me right mm-hmm. and then um i tried to graft on my own so i tried to make a point of it that even if a guy like you starting out his business you know getting out there he's reaching out to me i try to spend the quality time because i never know how i can change your life or you can change other people's lives that's the most important thing in the country you you always have to give more than you get out of anything and that's how you grow a country all right ladies and gentlemen and that was the interview after which we just uh, exchanged pleasantries and chatted a little bit more for like two minutes uh, before i said goodbye to munya i hope you enjoyed this it's something i think that gives a clear understanding of how i feel about sales in the country and how i feel about people in the country so if you like this little podcast please feel free to share it with family and friends and actually get them to also start developing the rock star mindset up to the next podcast i'll see you guys again cheers cheers